0: Hi, I'm Vogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the brand new podcast from Boots that asks the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we're going to have an honest chat about what having a baby actually does to your body. Joining me is singer, presenter, author, and hair and skincare brand founder, Rochelle Humes, who shares three children with husband Marvin. Rochelle is DJ, presenter, model, and body acceptance campaigner, Ashley James, who gave birth to her first child in January of this year. Okay. Well, thank you both for joining us on Taboo Talk. I'm so excited, first of all, to hear all about your pregnancies. I love a good birth story, but let's start with you, Ashley. Congratulations. You had Alfie in January and you were actually really, really open about discussing all the ins and outs of pregnancy. How can we decide to do that?
1: Do you know what it is? Because I feel like when you've kind of followed people's pregnancies and births online, people are usually pretty open about pregnancy. And then I feel like there's a total online blackout. And then about two weeks later, they're like, here I am with my baby. Or the partner will be like announcing the birth of our child, mother and baby doing well. And I'd always be like, doing well like how is that possible like what is doing well at, like what is their vagina doing like how can their vagina be well or like if z-section <laughs> scar or whatever it is and I was like what happens to the woman's body so even towards the end of my pregnancy I was kind of like looking forward to birth but also being like wow I get the key to unlock this mystery of like what the hell goes on uh, so Yeah, I think especially because we were in lockdown, I didn't really have many other people to talk to. So it was kind of just natural to be really open and share. I feel like oversharing is a character trait anyway. And yeah, it's just, it kind of blew my mind how much like taboo and shame and like mystery surrounds postnatal period of a woman's life. Yeah, I think that with pregnancy
0: as well, like I know when I was pregnant, I just felt horrific the whole time. And like, it was kind of nice to hear that somebody else felt awful. So how did you find your own pregnancy?
1: Do you know what? I was one of those annoying people that absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I love being pregnant. I felt like mother earth had like, blessed me. I felt so serene. But then I got hit with pelvic girdle pain, which I didn't even know existed. And I literally couldn't walk. Like it's the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Like simple things like turning over in bed or, getting up from bed without help anything like going to the loo on my own I I just couldn't do it and I think it took me by surprise because I kind of thought "Oh, I'm so fit and healthy I, I loved my whole pregnancy I avoided sickness so I kind of was not arrogant but I was like yeah I'm really good at this and then it hit me so badly and we went on a last minute baby moon when Things opened up around October, November, and the hotel just had stairs everywhere. And there was a point where Tom and I were like, I'm going to have to go to hospital. Like, what am I going to do? But yeah, nobody really talked about it. And like you were saying, I think that one of the beauties of like sharing and oversharing is that suddenly things that you think you're kind of struggling with alone, you realize that it's actually really common and there's loads of other people going through it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I had that pelvic girdle pain and it is so horrific you you feel like an old woman like you can't you just can't move and I would have trained a lot and you just can't when when you've got that everything just stops but Rochelle you've had three babies so well done first of all but how are your how are your pregnancies were they different because you've you've had boys and girls
2: yeah for me three completely different pregnancies so much so that when I was pregnant with Valley who's my middle child um Everyone thought she was going to be a boy. You know how they love to tell you exactly what you have. They oh, all definitely a boy in there, yeah. and like completely, I carried completely different. Everything was different. I kind of with Valera, I felt very sick. I felt like there was a like a checklist, and it was I had sciatica, I had the piles, I had the, <laughs> everything that could have been vile. I felt like I had, and then with Valet, it was literally. I didn't announce I was pregnant until I was. I remember I just, I just got away with not being able to say I was pregnant. So I thought, you know, we're just sort of enjoying this bubble because it was taken away from me with a layer. I remember I got papped coming out of my 12 week scan and I remember it went to the newspaper. And I mean, I was just coming out of, I suppose I can see the little, you know, the little buzzers, the signs on the buzzers that says whatever, um, you know, obstruction or whatever it said on the building. Um, And I think I remember one of the newspapers called my agent and said, they know that you're 12 weeks, so they're going to run it. And I was like, what? And I'd not even told like my family. So I was like, please just tell them to give me till the end of the day. And then I remember it was like such a rush. And then I had to quickly try and remember to call everybody. And I was just more worried about like the older people in the family. If I hadn't told them, it would have been like a huge deal. So with Valley, I really like bust in the fact that I didn't really have to rush. And then with Blake... It was lockdown, the first lockdown, um, which was obviously a really sort of, that was the scariest one, right, of all, because and yeah. also not knowing how it affected pregnant women and, you know, particularly because of my background and not knowing, and then it was higher risk because I'm a black so There was a lot, it was very scary, very, very scary time. And I was very sick with Blake, the sickest I've been. So I kind of had one where I felt like I had everything, Valley where I had nothing and then Blake where I was literally morning sickness, evening sickness. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's a mixed But I, I, So that's why I feel like the gender thing isn't true.
0: I did go to my GP and got a prescription because I just, I literally couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Did you end up getting something?
2: No, I didn't actually. I just, I really would have done. But with Blake, because of the nature of what was going on in the world... It was the bit where nobody was getting seen for anything. And and I just was like, look, I'll just ride this out. The blessing about that period of time is normally, like like all of us, we're self-employed, right? So I'm you're working till the end anyway, whether that means running to the dressing room and having to be sick of just getting on with it. So because the world sort of stopped, it was the first time. So in a way, and as horrible as the pandemic was for so many different reasons, in a way, it was a little bit of like a ha! moment because there was nothing I could do. I couldn't go to work anyway. So I felt sick as a dog, but I was just there just thinking, well, I'm at home and I don't have to get ready today. Nobody has to see me unless I want to be on Instagram. I'm just going to just muddle my way through. I mean, homeschooling was a real challenge at that point, but I had math there. We never had that time also, where we've both been at home for that period of time, you know, we, we met in this sort of nature where we both live very fast paced lives. And yeah, so in a way it was quite, we, I just watched every box set and sort of ate every ginger biscuit and whatever else yeah. it was keeping anything at bay. <laughs> And it, was, it was when the weather was so warm And all Marvin wanted to do was barbecue But of course I couldn't stand the smell So I was like Uh-oh. moving it to the furthest point of the garden And just <laughs> No more barbecues
0: <laughs> I feel like you can go off things for life When you've got morning sickness Like I can't eat cheese on toast ever again It's all I ate Oh no Not only that There are loads and loads of physical changes Obviously But actually, how does you feel About all the physical changes? Do
1: you know what I actually love the changes at... F- Because when I first found out I was pregnant, you kind of expect to have a bump. And I kept sitting down and I was like, where is this bump? I just feel like (laughs) bloated. So I think it was harder before the bump came. And then when the bump came, I, I enjoyed it up until the pelvic girdle pain and I loved it up until childbirth and then you kind of feel like because during pregnancy everyone's like wow you're glowing you look amazing your hair's amazing but you also have what I like to call the just you wait mums who literally like creep out the woodwork and just like tell you negativity (laughs) and they're like oh just so I'd be like oh my god guys my hair's amazing just you wait until you have the baby (laughs) and like anything you say is just doom and gloom (laughs) after or like Oh, my skin's really nice. Just you wait until you never sleep for the next 18 years. And I was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen to my body and my mind when I give birth? And yeah, I found after much harder because you're no longer getting those like, Oh my gosh, you're glowing. You look amazing. Yeah. How wonderful. And then it becomes about snapping back. And even if the question is like, do you agree with snapping back or are you going to snap back or what are your thoughts around snapping back? That is always the topic of conversation. And so for me, it was quite surprising that I actually didn't mind all the changes to my body. I actually loved that I still kind of had a little belly like for you know a good few weeks after childbirth but what i kind of wasn't prepared for were the physical changes in terms of like i had well have the worst piles that i don't even know if that's ever going to go away again obviously uh alpha was 9.5 pounds and it was a vaginal birth and i had really bad tearing so i had stitches and so the concept of snapping back I was like that's not even the tip of the iceberg because I've got friends who did snap back without trying and they were almost like ashamed to show their body because they were were so worried and I've seen it with you know like Emily Ratter like she puts up a picture and people are like she's rubbing it in people's faces and I'm like no that is literally just her body like do you want her to hide away forever to make you feel better and so there's just all this conversation around weight and I was like the thing is I had a uh I, I can't remember the official term but like a, i had a rectum prolapse i had stitches i had piles and um, my boobs were leaking and i had the worst I, I don't even know if it was mastitis but the worst rash and i couldn't see a doctor because of covid like i just they literally just wouldn't see me and so i ended up having to go to a dermatologist and i just remember thinking like weight loss or gain or whatever it is is the last thing on my mind right now like i just want my body to work and I wish that we're more prepared for what could happen to our bodies because I think that for me would like had the biggest toll on my mental health that I was like, Oh my God, like what is going on with my body? I was scared to go to the loo. I was scared to like walk around because of incontinence. And I was like, I just didn't feel prepared for that because I was like, Oh, maybe I'll keep my weight or maybe I won't. And I didn't think any deeper than that. Mm.
0: But that's the thing, you know, in France, they all get, because actually, I know you've been to Mummy MOT and I went to see her. It's not something that you even think about your pelvic floor. Because I remember after I had Theodore and I stood up and I just like, weed. And I was like, what the hell just happened? But no one had told me that that was going to happen. And in France, you get six sessions with someone like a Mummy MOT where you get like all buzzed back and you're Pelvic floor is really worked on, but like, I just don't think it's spoken about very much over here. And that's why it is amazing that you, you like speak about prolapse and things like that. And nobody. I've never seen anyone come out and speak about something like that because people are embarrassed of it. But like, it is the reality of childbirth and some people get it really bad and some people don't. But I think that everyone should think about or have access to someone like a mummy MOT.
1: And the thing is as well, I was like, childbirth just blew my mind. Like, I still don't really know how I and everyone else who gives birth does it. Like, however you do it, it's just this like insane thing. Like any other a thing like that in the world would be under general anesthetic. So the fact that our body goes through that, I I said to Tom like the thing is I feel like we should be worshipped because like we did this amazing thing and then it's like but then we shouldn't talk about it. So even when I talk about incontinence or fetal incontinence or prolapse or whatever it is, some people are like oh that's a little bit too much information and I was like but according to who? Like would you prefer that I just like suffer with it in silence because actually like it's not something that we should ever have to like put up with. It's part of the rec- Recovery, And I think a lot of people think that incontinence is just something that you have to expect after childbirth. And that is true to an extent, but not forever. Like you can do, like you were saying, like pelvic floor and more postnatal care. And I think if people more people knew that, then they would know that they can get better. If you have an operation on your arm or your leg, like there's going to be things that happen in that recovery time. And that's how I see childbirth and our postnatal bodies. Like I'm only six months postnatal and I'm still recovering. I always say to people, like, I'm actually not ashamed of however long it takes for my body to recover and whatever that means, even though it's like gross and you're sometimes like, I can't just be normal again.
0: (laughs) It is really, really hard in your body. Before we move on to our birthing stories, which I love, I don't know if everyone wants to tell theirs, but what is your favorite and least favorite thing about pregnancy? Ashley, you just loved the whole thing.
1: Okay, no, actually, so my favorite thing was just knowing that I was like growing life inside me. And especially because it was in lockdown when it was a really scary time, like having such a like amazing, positive thing to focus on. And actually... The most negative thing, worse than the pelvic girdle pain, was the unsolicited advice, because I feel like it scaremongered me, but also more than that, I feel like it almost took away like my independence or my free spirit, because anything I tried to do, there'd be like a thousand people telling me that I was wrong or that it wasn't right, and if I ever go through pregnancy again, that's something that I'm definitely going to filter out more. Yeah. What about you, Rochelle?
2: I would have to agree with you, actually, and I really did exactly that, on my second pregnancy and third, I think, particularly because I kind of, you've done it now, so you don't welcome everybody's advice so much because you know what you're doing, so you kind of, you can muddle your way through and, and you're okay with that, but I think, yeah, I think just, I think taking on everybody's opinions and I think the judgment of, oh, you should be doing this or, oh, you, you're looking at this now, or you've, you know, you've really started, just those when I think myself, you know, I've had three pregnancies, been fortunate enough to, three babies. And I just think it's a lot of the time it's actually women. The things that women say to other women, it baffles me. Like just having an opinion on visually how you look or you've carried really big this time and and, and just, right, OK. <laughs> like in their mind, I just don't know how that's ever helpful or kind at that time thing to say or so I think yeah I think for me just the thing that I liked to least about pregnancy was sort of becoming this sort of topic of conversation you your body and how you're acting and oh I wouldn't do that if I was you oh no you can't eat that or you can you know it's just there are lots of women in the world that have been pregnant and I feel like there's sometimes there's that sort of entitlement like oh no this is how you do it and I think sometimes it can come from family members too people that you think you should be taking advice from but actually you're like I'm gonna find my way and do this by myself and I think when I had a layer I was 23 so I was still really young um possibly that's why you know because I just was like if someone would have said to me you need to buy this or you need to buy that this is the blanket for you this is the only bottle you should use this is I would have bought it the next day or run out to the shop because I felt like okay okay this is what it means to be a good parent and I suppose a lot of that comes with age and and being young but yeah I think second and third time I just I feel so at peace with being pregnant and I really although I was really sick with Blake I probably enjoyed it the most because I just I know exactly what I'm doing and I really felt it and I felt like that's what it should feel like being pregnant if that makes any sense
0: yeah yeah I do hate that that what does you call them, the just you ate. It's, it's so, so true. It's so that. annoying. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, you know how to do it. As a mother, yeah. I feel like you know how to like get your child to sleep. You know how to do whatever way you're doing it is the right way because you're the baby's mom. And I hate giving people advice. And they're
2: all different. Even within your own house, like what I did for a lad just didn't work with Valley or, you know, and you just have to find your way. And I think there's also an element of those just you wait mums that you think is that what you want to happen to <laughs> me? Would that make you happier? It's always
0: wishing it upon you. (laughs) And actually, one of those things, you know, when they're like, oh, you better sleep now because you won't be. I found it way harder to sleep in pregnancy than when Theodore came. I got more sleep when he came along, so they can get lost. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So true. Pregnancy sleep wasn't a thing for me at all. Oh God, that was
0: the worst. Like when you actually think about it, because I find that you forget all the bad things. I've now forgotten about how ill I was. And I'm like, oh, I could do that again. Maybe I could do that. But like the sleep, the heartburn. Oh oh God, it's just horrendous. Just
2: feeling like you feel like you can't possibly, there's just no way. And every time, and Marvin always laughs at me, I'll go, I think this is it now. I don't think I'll grow anymore. And he'll be like... (laughs) Well, you know, you've still got like eight weeks left. I'm like, yeah, but surely that's it. And I always find those last eight weeks when you just feel, it's just not possible. I can't even like, you know, I can't sit without being uncomfortable. So you like, guys get really
1: like... itchy at the end as well. It's because your skin is like stretching so much. And I used to have a belly piercing and my, it was like ripping. And oh, I was like, how much longer is this going to go on
2: for? It's wild, isn't it? its is I remember once with Blake, we'd just moved into um, the house that we live now. And I was the the like the tightest I've ever felt. Like he was just taking up every part of my body. And I remember he kicked me, and instantly I threw up. Oh. Bang! I went, like it was so <laughs> like there was no space left. And that, that was a first. I was like, I've definitely not experienced that before. But oh, he was no. three weeks early, and he was eight two. So I feel like if he would have come, he would have been. He would have been a super big boy.
0: I feel like towards the end as well, you start doing all the noises. You're like, oh, like just trying to get up out of a seat. And it's like, oh no. But what are your birthing stories? I love them. If you want to share them.
2: When I was pregnant with Alaya, Alaya was breached until the very, the very end. And I, um, well, she didn't, she was breached. And I went and had um, an aversion. Is they what they call it when they like?
0: Oh, when they try and move the baby themselves with your. Oh, that's horrific.
2: It is horrific. (laughs) And I remember just, and I was like, and Marvin even remembers. He was sat in the corner of the room, looking over. He couldn't even be near me to hold my hand. I had like, I just remember just loads of people around me. I think there was probably like five. I think there was just just there was just pans and literally it's like a manual well they turn the baby basically and it was the most painful thing I've ever ever experienced and then I went home that night and they said right that's it she, she's down and I was like oh my goodness oh my goodness that like, I, but I couldn't even it was the sort of pain where you know that a noise doesn't come out you're just like in a zone I was just there like Oh was no. like, I felt like it was just horrible watching you go through it so we went home and then about four o'clock in the morning I was like I thought I thought I was going into labour and I mean I wouldn't have been surprised because it was so full-on you know that it must have instigated something I was like, what's happening what's happening I was in, I was in agony and she was moving like crazy And Marv was videoing it and sending it to the doctor. (laughs) And she turned herself back. Oh, no. Which is when you know her personality, by the way, it's classic lay. She's like, what what are you getting involved for? I was fine. (laughs) I was fine down here. So anyway, I did go into labor. The decision was made that I then had a C-section. And I'd not planned to do that. So in my mind, I thought I was going to be an earth mum. So my story is like completely... Is polar opposite to what I'd expected, and that's the one thing I always say to parents is just don't. If planning makes you feel good, then that's okay because some people really take comfort in knowing roughly where they're going to be. But my plan couldn't have been more opposite if I'd have tried. So I was really in my mind like I just I think I'm going to really try. I don't want to have any gas and air. I just I just put this unnecessary (laughs) ridiculous pressure on myself when my mum always said to me, "Rush." You don't get a medal either way, the baby's coming out. So just go with it and it it's fine. So stupidly, so they said I'm having a C-section that so I knew I was having it the following day. So I remember going to sleep. Well, I didn't sleep. I was laid there watching Marv sleep and I was YouTubing C-sections. Oh no. Who does that? No. <laughs> Who does that? Like, well, that's not going to help you, Michelle, right now. Because I, I just, it wasn't in my, I thought, what am I doing? And I think I found it worse that I knew exactly what time it was going to happen. You know, like when you go into labour, you you don't know, right? So you go with it because it, ha- so I was counting down the hours and I knew what time I was having anaesthetic. And I just, I've not really suffered with anxiety too much in my life before that point. And it just, just, I was in a terrible place. I was like rocking in my, it was awful, So, yeah, so I had the C-section, which was which was super straightforward. Like it was over in 35 minutes. But then obviously it's all of the after and the recovery and the, you know, not really even changing a nappy before I'd left the hospital and all of that sort of stuff. So that was so I had the C-section and then with Valley and Blake, I elected. So, yeah, I didn't. And I always, which is bizarre, but I always feel like I'm never going to know now because we feel like we're, you know, unless anything happens, we feel like we're very happy in our family with three children. We feel like that's it for us. But I, there's part of me that I feel like I'll never know what it's like to experience childbirth in the way that I intended to, to to have a vaginal birth, you know, I I just really thought that was going to be me and my journey, but it just wasn't. So, and I think I I just really gave myself anxiety about it being something that it wasn't what I intended. And I think, yeah. So I just think don't put too much pressure on yourself to have that perfect birth plan because it can all change at any point. You just don't know.
0: Yeah. It literally does just change like that. But you're saying about that, not giving birth the way you wanted to. I've had been induced twice. And even like, I'm like, I wonder what it's like to just go into labor. Like I want to feel that, but I don't know if I'll ever get to feel that. But um, you're right about not making a plan. Ashley, how was your labor?
1: Yeah, so I actually didn't make a plan and people kept saying to me, what's your plan? Have you done your birth plan? And I was like, how can I plan for something I've never done before? That's like so crazy to me. But I was really looking forward to it. And I felt so like mother earthy in my pregnancy. So I was like, I'm going to go in and it's going to be this like really beautiful experience. I did hypnobirthing. And I remember being really excited when I Thought I was getting contractions, and the last video I've got on my phone is me like bouncing on a ball really enthusiastically, <laughs> and then the next eighteen hours were just like oh, the, the worst. Um, th- like I think because there was there was so much going on with you know lockdown was announced and. Um, literally a few days before I gave birth Um, ALF was two weeks overdue I had such bad pelvic girdle pain that they couldn't even do like the cervix checks because I was so swollen and I remember the agony of them trying to like check and at the beginning they didn't mind they were like look we don't need to check we'll just put you straight into the birthing room and the contractions itself were kind of I mean, they were bad, but it was what I expected, you know, and my whole thing in my pregnancy was like, I've run two marathons, I'll be fine. And then basically what I know now was that Alf was like turning on my pelvis. But because my pelvis was so swollen, it honestly felt like I was being ripped open from the inside and it was continuous for 18 hours. And I remember there was a point where the midwife said, we're going to go home and have a nap and we'll be back for when you give birth. And I remember being like, you have time to go home. Like, where do you live? <laughs> like, how far away? From, like, I was, and that just really kind of got to me mentally because I was like, you guys are going home for a sleep and then coming back. And then I'm giving birth. Like, I literally cannot do this anymore. And I, I did give birth just with gas and air. And I'd love to say that that was because I was like so brave and stuff, but I wasn't, I was like, cut him out I was like screaming I kept going to Tom tell them I need a c-section tell them I need a c-section and he'd go out and be like Ashley would like a c-section and they were like we can't we can't it started and he'd come back and be like sorry you've missed the boat like it's not possible and I was like it is possible <laughs> tell them so even though I did in the end I did it with gas and air. like the pushing part it was like what kind of a bit more what I expected like something that was like incredibly painful but you know, it, a bit like how I thought, you know, running a marathon is, you're like one more step, one more step, one more step. And to be honest, I was just so grateful that he was born healthy because there was a point where his heart rate dropped in the pushing. So I had to push him out very quickly, which is why I had like, you know, so many of the problems afterwards with my body, the whole bit of labor. I still don't know like, I'm in all of you guys for doing it more than once because I was like, I actually feel like I don't know how I could do it again with pelvic girdle pain Uh, so I think I probably would plan a little bit better now that I've been through it and I know although the next one might be completely different
2: That's the crazy part of it
1: Yeah What's the third like? Because I found the second was it felt easier but then
0: I heard the third takes longer So I heard so you have your first baby and it's all kind of like Rushy, it's never really the way you want it to go. Second baby I heard comes really fast. Gigi literally like flew out. And then I heard third baby is really slow.
2: A couple of my friends are like, yeah, it's not as fast as what you'd think. Like, you know, I I think we have weird sort of raised up with this preconceived idea that like the more babies you have that you can like sneeze and they'll be out. (laughs) My cousin's got six children. I mean, she's incredible. She has six babies. But yeah, she's like... You think that it it gets quicker, I think the process speeds up, like from the minute your waters break off, I think her process is quicker, but the actual delivery she was like, have been longer, yeah, which oh is no. which is mad, yeah,
0: then after you have the baby, obviously you have the aftermath, and actually, you've spoken a lot about that, and Rochelle, how was your aftermath?
2: I think, like anything, the first time was because for second and third, then I know what to expect and I, and I kind of and prepared it's odd because you don't ashley's right nobody talks about that and i think with me like it was unintentional that i didn't talk about it as in i was really just trying to find my way out of the fog i fall into that bracket i was talking about this the other day of mums that just sort of i'm like the baby's here because i take my hat off to anybody that can bring themselves to a place where they share stuff at that point or you know when you're going through something or I follow lots of amazing mummy bloggers that will just and I watch it and I'm like yes oh my god this happened to me too but at that point, I'm trying to get my way out of the fog that the last thing I'm thinking about is sharing it. So I find that so incredible when people can talk about it, because I'm sort of like a laser grand person where I'm like, oh, this was great. There was a few things that were, were awful, but my baby's here, you know, and it's sort of just like a, a bombarding post versus like in the moment. I think with a layer, I found... It was a weird time for me because I'd had a baby. I was young. So was pregnant with her at 23, she came at 24. I was in a girl band, which was kind of like a really surreal thing to be around four other incredible, fabulous-looking women and have just had a baby. And I remember an agent calling us and it was like, Alaya was like four weeks old and I had to go, I remember I had to go on Lorraine and perform. Oh, God. I was just like, I don't even... I don't even remember how to leave the house at the minute. I remember Marvin being like, are you okay?" But I felt really like I had pressure on me that I had to do it because we had a single out and I didn't want to be the girl that let everybody down. And it's so funny, like now I would just be like if someone called me now and it was with Blake or if I was pregnant with my fourth, I'd literally laugh at them. I'm like, four weeks, I've got two other kids and, you know, I've got to sort out their sports kits and whatever else everybody else needs. There's absolute, like, I would find it funny. I would think they were joking. But there was a part of me, because I was in a group, and felt very much like, do you know when you've got a hangover and you're like, it's fine, you've got to pretend that you're like, okay, at work. I felt like that, but with pregnancy. So I didn't want to moan or complain or I just wanted to be like, no, I can still do this, guys. Like, It's fine. And I'm like growing by the hour and (laughs) feeling awful. But I was just really trying to just still be that girl. I lay away day two as well. And I was like, well, she's gone now, but I've still got a bump. And I just, just things that I just didn't, because like Ashley said earlier, like this snapback culture that I just really, I don't like the topic for so many reasons. For people that do, I've got friends, best friends that snap back and feel, as you said, so embarrassed about it. Because they think, you know, people are like, well, look at you, how have you just had and they feel like everyone's looking at them because how have you just had a baby and you you look like that? That's not fair, and feel like there's almost a hate put on them. And then and if you don't snap back, which I definitely did not snap back at all, I feel at that time I just I just had this idea that you would, and you have a bump and then you have a baby, and that's that's all that's there, and then and everything else you'll pee out because that's just water. (laughs) So I think I remember it really dawning on me when I was home, I was out of the hospital because I stayed in a few days because I'd had the caesarean obviously it wasn't a planned thing and it was all a bit of a rush. And I got home about five days later and I remember being in bed and I was really obviously sore and like, you, know, you can't move from your core properly and it's, all, it's not very nice. And I remember turning over like that and I remember my belly falling on the bed because it was just <laughs> like, it's just... As it is after baby, right? Just that jelly. And I remember going, (gasps) and it was that thing where I thought, oh my gosh, there's not a baby in there now. But I just watched. And I remember saying to my, I'd rather the bump because it was hard. (laughs) (laughs) And just being really like, okay, it's fine. Just really just wondering, am I ever going to look the same? And then I went back to work really quickly and I found that just like really the wrong move. And I just wish... And I remember Marvin at the time was really like, I'd read, babe, I think you should, but it's been whatever he said, I wouldn't have listened to because I just felt like I had to. But I just wish somebody would have said, "Brush, we'll do the single without you. Like, it's totally okay. Be home, do your thing and we'll pick it up at the other. I just wish that would have happened a little. But yeah, so I think... And I think I just, and as soon as you're in a band anyway, or you're constantly surrounded by another group of women, you're going to, people compare you, but you're going to compare yourself more so, right? So yeah, I found the first time, just that after bit really difficult and just like, and as well, you know, I had a C-section. I've never had like a big operation before. So it was just like wrapping my head around that. And obviously just being a mum, when people say to me, oh my God, what's it like having three? I'm like, no, honestly, for me personally, the hardest thing was from none to one because just your yeah. whole life readjusting and finding your feet and knowing that it's not like selfish rosh and marv anymore and you know there's always that person that we have you know there's our love of our lives but it's just not how we were like even the night before we knew i was going to have a c-section we go to bed together and it was still just us we arrived in the hospital and it's just us but you leave with someone that's always going to be it, it's just a it blows my mind getting my head around that whole concept that it's never just used to again so yeah I think for me the but afterwards definitely not to one was like the real sort of awakening now I feel I honestly feel like give me 10 kids they would come you know the third <laughs> one just comes and slots in like muck it it's it's mad they just like it's just not a thing it's like oh yeah he's there you forget because yeah, so I always think to any mum, it's, don't worry, it's the first bit is the hardest, I think.
0: Definitely. And I think what you said, you're bringing home a baby and you're like, oh my God, I'm like, you're, you're lack of sleep. But then like your whole body, actually, as you said, like you're wearing those giant maternity pads. You haven't had your period in like 10 months and then you just have this, Thing it's and it's awful. like it's for three weeks
2: though, like yeah. and
0: sometimes longer five weeks. Yeah, oh. it's
2: rough, isn't it? And they just and they did they, they send you home with these like I don't know if it's because I had the C-section, but like, these weird like net, yes. netted pants. And like <laughs> then they just gave me, I remember with a layer with the others, it didn't, I didn't fade me, but with my first, and they handed me this packet of I could only describe them as like surfboards. Yeah. I was like, like, oh, okay. This is my life for the next while, then. <laughs> like, so unglamorous, just vile. <laughs> I know, but then, then you go home,
0: and then you have those night sweats. Your boobs oh. are leaking. It's just like yeah. there's so many different parts to
2: it. That's the breastfeeding part, isn't it? Those night sweats because they're, they're they are horrific.
0: And did anyone else get that? So I, when I was feeding, obviously your uterus is contracting, but when you breastfeed, and I just got these. Huge just sharp pains in my stomach the whole time but it was yes. just going back to normal
2: yes that was after Valley I got that and I honestly if I hadn't if I hadn't have had the baby a few days before I would have thought I was going into labour yeah it was so like, bad oh yeah
0: Awful, Ashley. How was your recovery then? Because you said you're still in recovery.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm still recovering, and I'm I'm still in my big knickers. And it's funny because it (laughs) it does like play on your mind. Like, say with my identity, I'm like, I want to be like that girl who's back in like her sexy underwear. Because I don't care if no one else sees that underwear; it makes me feel good. But I'm still breastfeeding. I still have incontinence. And like there were a few times that I've been like, I'm gonna put on my nice bras, like a nice underwear again. It's just like so impractical for so many reasons. So I was like, I'm not ready to just like get back to it. And I think that's what was so hard for me is like you were saying, Michelle, I feel like motherhood—you're almost like giving like new lenses to life. And number one, I felt so bad that I hadn't like supported my friends with children better. And I was like, oh my god, like they were going through all of this, and I was just so oblivious. And so I even like apologized to loads of my friends. Like I'm so sorry, you must have thought I was such a bad friend. Like I honestly had no idea, like I just didn't know. And um, but also, I I realized that as somebody who like calls himself a feminist and feels so strongly about equality. I was like, oh my God, I've actually been like really misogynistic about motherhood because I feel like we really praise men for doing like, not the bare minimum because like, you know, hands-on partners are amazing. I would be like, all the things that I used to tut at about like mums and stuff, I was like, oh my God, like we'd literally have to do all of this and get no praise. And I remember when I went to the dermatologist because my like boob rash was so bad And I still had stitches and I was like sweating and I had obviously this like really painful, itchy rash. And Tom literally got out and I think he like put him from the pram into the baby sling. And this woman came up to him and was like, it's so nice to see a dad doing these things. It's amazing. And I was like, what about me? Like
2: I have to lift
1: him every day and I'm in so much pain. And all I do, I always joke to Tom, like when I go down the street with the pram, people literally like, tucked and sometimes I'm like on the road just trying to stay out of everyone's way and Tom will walk down and it'll be like Moses like the sea just parts <laughs> and it's just smiles and I'm like it's so unfair like why don't we give like mums it's so true and, and it, it crazy is, uh,
2: I always say that and I remember like even now that like, people like that even if they reply to stuff or like you bump into someone oh I saw Marvin the other day daddy daycare are we you're so lucky that he's And I'm like, look, I'm lucky because he's my husband and he's a great dad and I adore that. But is he lucky that his wife's a good mum, that she also juggles and does everything and is working? It's not called mummy (laughs) Daycare. It's like it blows my mind. It's like, well, well done. And I always feel fortunate that he is a fabulous dad because I grew up without having a dad around. So I, I do adore that. But in the same breath, I'm like. He stepped up to the plate and, and did what he should be doing. Yeah. But we we really celebrate that. But you don't do that for a mum unless it's Mother's Day.
0: <laughs> but back to speaking, I, I actually hate the phrase snap back. But one thing, after Theodore, I didn't start exercising for three months. But after Gigi, now this is going to sound terrible because you, you actually shouldn't do it. But I asked my doctor. But after three weeks, I was able to go on like a gentle spin and like... I just really, I love training. It makes me feel better. It kind of keeps my anxiety at bay and I couldn't wait to start moving again. So I was dying to get back training. But how did you feel about that? Because your whole body has done this huge thing and you do have to be so careful. But it was one thing that I really, really missed.
2: Yeah. Well, after cesareans, they say that you can't work out. I think it's anything from like, six to eight weeks or you know and I think that's even and even still it don't feel great you know you don't feel like you're going to take on the world in the gym but I'm the same as you with exercise and I do feel like I need those endorphins I feel great and I feel like mentally it's it's really good for me so waiting those and trusting it I remember I I probably did it too soon after valley like probably bang on the day of the sixth week (laughs) like yeah okay let's go but I pulled my scar a little bit. And I think also because I had, I obviously had a layer then. So it was different to the first time where I could just be slow and go at my own pace. Where so, but I had a, a four year old that I was having to sort out and make sure she was okay. So I was lifting her and doing things I didn't do the first time. And I just pulled my scar a little. But yeah, I kind of, I struggle in that first bit after because obviously I only know having a C section, right? So those first sort of six to eight weeks, I am desperate. I do work out in pregnancy until I literally think I can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm desperate to just even just get up and do something. So I find those weeks like painful. I'm like, I just want to do something just because mentally it really does help me. But yeah, had I been able to do it sooner, I definitely would have done for sure. Do
1: you know what? I actually still haven't really gone back to exercise. And I've always been saying that I love like moving my body. It's like a mental health thing. And I worked out during my pregnancy up until the point that my pelvic girdle pain was so bad that I was like, I actually don't know if this pain is normal. So even though I was training with like a personal trainer, I was like, oh, I think like my maternal instinct kicked in it was like you need to stop and I would love to go back to exercise now and I had this like six weeks as like the magic number in my head and it got to six weeks and I was like number one like I've only just stopped bleeding I had like prolapse I was like I do not feel red like it's some and it that was like a really hard thing to get my head around because I've always been like fit and healthy and active that I just kind of thought I would just be able to like go back to normal after six weeks and then I was like oh my god like I still don't feel ready to exercise. And I went to see the mummy MOT and they were like, yeah, do not go for a run. Like you just obviously like it's gravity, isn't it? If you've already got prolapse, like you don't want to be putting so much pressure on that. And now I would love to be able to exercise, but like number one, I don't quite feel ready, but number two, like I'll still breastfeeds all the time. And I feel like this is another thing that, not that I struggle with, but that nobody kind of prepared me for that because I'm breastfeeding and he won't take a bottle like even, you know, doing this or anything in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hope he's okay. Or like, am I going to have to feed him? Or when I if I'm doing TV, there's always that thing in my mind of like, is he going to need feeding? And then if they bring him in, is everyone going to think that I'm like an unorganized person? Because I feel like you have to have two hats, don't you? Like your motherhood hat and your career hat. For some reason, it's really hard to like merge the two. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to exercise. But equally, I keep telling myself like, it goes so quickly and I feel like we're always thinking into the future of like what's next or I want to do this or I can't wait for this, that I have to like almost like ground myself and be like, I will be able to do that again, but right now it's not the time. You
2: just take your, you have to just listen to your own body. And that's what I didn't do after Bali. I thought I was like, in my mind, I just, I wanted to feel better. And in my mind when I don't have a great day or I'm having a week where I feel a little bit, you know, I'll work out a bit more because then I always do feel better and that's sort of my go-to so I think I just sort of turned on that switch, whereas actually I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't. I was still not long after having a big operation and went for it, which is just not a good move. So I think you just have to, In your are there's like a phase thing, isn't it? A lot to
1: be said for a really nice walk in nature, like especially with yeah, lockdown. Yeah. So I feel like I'm exercising. And I, also I keep saying yeah. to Tom, I keep being like, if Alf was a weight, I am working out all the time. Yeah
2: you're so right you're
1: so right yeah when you have a baby your arms are the
0: best they'll ever look because you just <laughs> yeah. constantly have one. my mom's like wow your shoulders look great I'm like yeah it's Theodore he weighs a ton <laughs> um, but I think though you mentioned mummy MOT I always go to a women's health physio before you start training because it is important that you're checked out and that you're not going to do any damage because you can do damage but actually if there's one thing you would like to advise or reassure listeners about what having a baby does to your body what would it be
1: i think just know that everybody like babies is different so just because one person has an experience don't let them put that onto you but equally like know that there are people that you can talk to or find online or whatever it is if you do need to talk because i think sometimes it is scary especially if it's your first pregnancy that people are talking about like Prolapses and incontinence and leaky boobs and rashes but some people never get any of those things yeah don't underestimate your maternal instinct and don't think because it happened to someone that it will happen to you as well and what about you Rochelle
2: I think go easy on yourself and I think that's easier said than done but I think sometimes you really have to take stock and think whether you've just had a baby or whether you're pregnant you're either a made a whole human and brought it into this world or B, you're currently growing one. Like, I remember seeing something on Instagram and, I'm, and I, was, I, would, I would say it to Marvin all the time. He'd be like, what are you doing? If I just said, well, what are you doing? If I'm still watching this telly, I'd be like, growing a whole human, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I just think you just need to take stock and remember what it is you're doing. It's absolutely incredible. And like Ashley said, don't take... Everybody else's stories on because that is really easy to do. Whether it's like a scary thing, whether it's a whether the baby's arrived and they say, oh, and I'm like, oh, he's actually sleeping really well. I'm 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 feeling go with those good moments. Don't feel don't feel sad about them or don't feel embarrassed that you're having those good moments and don't let someone burst your bubble by saying, oh, you just wait till the teeth start coming (laughs) or you just enjoy it because you know. Guess what? When they teeth, you might you might have a terrible time but it might also be okay like I remember everyone scared me with the layer and then I woke up one day and she had two teeth and I didn't really know that I didn't know she was teething because she was just really chill Valley you knew about it it will all be different just you've just gotta take your own lead and listen to your gut with everything and you know You learn your own baby basically because there's no book in the world that can tell you what your baby wants like you can because you're mum and that's that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. One last thing that I would like to address is pre and postnatal depression. I think a lot of women get baby blues. I definitely, and I never knew that that was a thing. I didn't have postnatal depression or anything like that, but certainly after like three or four days after the baby arrives, you just are so weepy at everything. And I just isn't that crazy? Yeah. How did you find it?
2: I text anyone that I know that's just had a baby on day three, I will text them. It's the science behind it is wild because it's always day three or four, right? Yeah. The hormones kick in or something happens. And it's happened to me every single time. I remember Marvin saying to me, what do you want for breakfast <laughs> on day three? And I just went to him cereal, I just <laughs> it was just uncontrollable, and it was I had a friend on that day, and that was my first, and she texted me, and she said, By the way, you'll get a surgery hormone it's normally around day three or four, and you will just you you will feel that the lowest you just will you can't help it and i I was so pleased she texted me because I thought that I was going mad. I'd had this baby and I adored her, and it was a incredible time, but I just felt awful for like a few days and then I was okay and then it passed but I think being armed with that information that I knew that it could just pass helped it pass if you know what I mean I think it was really it was really important for me to know that but I didn't have fortunate enough not to have post pre or postnatal depression but I definitely as you said Vogue like in those first few days something there's like a switch and it fix and it isn't very nice but as I said, I know what that is now. So I can almost laugh at myself in that situation because I know what it is and I feel strong knowing that if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and you can kind of prepare for it as well. When yeah, I did the second time. Yeah. Pre and postnatal depression is when you experience feelings of sadness and hopelessness for an extended period of time, either during pregnancy or afters. And if you are worried about this, please contact your GP, who will be able to recommend help. And please be reassured that this not your fault in any way. Depression is an illness, and you can get help. And I think that it's. I always find it really sad when I see women going through that. And there's Kate Lawler has actually been really open about it on her page, which I thought was kind of amazing to see because it just reassures other people that it is normal mm. but you can't get help if you need it Ashley did you find that you felt like moments of sadness after that you weren't expecting
1: do you know what not at the beginning at all I felt like it was Christmas every day for like three months I was just like this is the most amazing thing in the world and it's actually more like from three months onwards that I started to like really feel like a level of depression and I think it was also because it was so tied into lockdown my pregnancy and well that newborn phase yeah that I was just like suddenly like oh my god like life has changed so much and I can't decipher if it's motherhood or lockdown or a combination of all of those things. And yeah, sometimes I find it when it like, you have to know, for example, yesterday or like, you know, whenever it is that Tom will be going out with his friends and I'll be like at home and I'm like, I used to go out and have fun. <laughs> and now I'm like, I've got this responsibility and it's the best responsibility. But sometimes I'm like, I just want to be free because even if oh, you go gosh. out, it's different because. You're thinking like, oh, well, I have to get up early or is he going to be okay in the night or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I definitely go through like waves of, yeah, like I think depression as I'm getting to grips with the fact that life has changed so much. And that's an amazing thing, but it's also like a, a scary thing. And it's like this reality check of I can never just leave the house anymore. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: for sure. when you get a flight that's like I
0: remember sitting on a plane and getting tea and reading a magazine and falling asleep I'm like that's never gonna happen again ever
2: oh my gosh it's, yeah it's it's wild isn't it it is kind of it's you're so right it's like the best that is the best thing in the world and it's the best change but at the same time it's change right and as humans yeah. we don't adapt to change well anyway especially like A life-changing change.
0: (laughs) Well, that is actually all we have time for today, girls. Thank you so much. I loved those chats.
2: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Please rate and review the show if you enjoyed it. It really does help to get the word out. And if you're pregnant or a new mum, Boots has their biggest ever baby range available from biodegradable wipes, bamboo nappies and Rochelle's My Little Coco range to eye candy buggies and mother care clothing that can help during this exciting time discover how you can feel as good as new at Boots.com.